Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. In today's journey through history, we're going to take a look at the history of Kalamazoo's first hospital, Borges Hospital. The inspiration for Borges Hospital was brought about by a priest named Reverend O'Brien of the St. Augustine Church. And the inspiration came in 1888. So we're going to go into the details of this story. So come along and join me. Now, the article that I'm going to be referring to today was written by Cassandra Rollins, a Kalamazoo Public Library intern in June of 2009. And the full article I will put the link to in the show note descriptions. It's available on the Kalamazoo Public Library local history section. And there's a lot of great articles in their collection there about history. And this is just a wonderful one written about the history of Borges Hospital. So at the end of the 19th century, Kalamazoo was home to a number of doctors and even an academy of medicine but the nearest hospital was miles from the city. Doctors were only able to make house calls, and as a result, operations often took place in a citizen's home. These home operations resulted in a lot of unsanitary and unsafe conditions. While the citizenry realized the need for a hospital, it would not be until a parish priest took charge of the campaign that the demand would finally be met. Now, Borges Hospital was Kalamazoo's first hospital. The inspiration for it came in the spring of 1888 when Reverend Frank O'Brien visited a dying man in the jail's hospital room, the place where many people in the community were taken when they were simply sick because they had nowhere else to go. Reverend O'Brien was appalled that people should have to die in a jail when they were not even criminals and called for an urgent need of a hospital in the city. Kalamazoo had attempted to create a hospital several times before, but the closest the city had gotten was in the winter of 1881 to 1882, when two tents were erected as a temporary hospital in the city to deal with the fears of a potential smallpox outbreak. But since then, there really had not been any effort, and prior to that, no one had been successful in actually establishing the construction of a physical hospital, included with doctors and nursing staff and so forth. And the disease that year in 1881-1882 did not reach epidemic proportions, and the tents were stored and made available for other uses in the community. Now, luckily, Reverend O'Brien's call in 1888 would prove more successful when he started on this campaign that the Kalamazoo City needed its own hospital. And as we are in the Christmas season now, officially, after Thanksgiving having passed, the story kind of connects with Christmas in a way, because on Christmas Day of that year, Reverend O'Brien announced to his congregation at the St. Augustine Church that Bishop Casper Henry Borges, the former bishop of Detroit, had donated $5,000 to the church, which would be put towards a new hospital for the city. Work on the new hospital began immediately, and on March 5, 1889, the James A. Walter residence on Portage Street was purchased to be used as the new hospital building, and in July of that year, the cornerstone of a new addition was laid. 
Now, the hospital was an expensive endeavor, and the cost of purchasing the building, the new addition, and other various improvements soon totaled $15,000. When it became clear to Reverend O'Brien that the project needed funding, he went to the city of Kalamazoo to ask for help. And Mayor James Osborne declined, stating that such enterprises were foreign to municipal affairs. The hospital did receive a $5,500 donation from the Citizens Committee, but the project was still in debt. The people of St. Augustine Church held a bazaar in the summer of 1889 as a way to raise money for the hospital, and the bazaar was very successful and raised about $3,000. And during that summer, 11 nuns from the Sisters of St. Joseph in Watertown, New York, arrived to staff the hospital. Borges Hospital, named for the generous Bishop, who had originally given the initial funding, officially opened to the public on the 8th of December, 1889, although the first patient had actually been admitted in late November. While the hospital was receiving some much-needed support from the Congregation of St. Augustine, the Kalamazoo community as a whole was not as welcoming to the new hospital. Though the city had wanted a hospital for several years, now that one existed, the community was raising objections. Some did not like the Sisters of St. Joseph running it. Others thought that the hospital would be a burden on the church and the city. And still others felt that there would be at some point a motion to have them taxed and tax them heavily as a result of the existence of the new hospital. Despite all these objections, however, the progress of the hospital continued, and the money from the summer bazaar and other funding efforts went into the building to finish the new addition. And in 1901, 80 beds were added to the facility to give the hospital a total of 100 beds. The hospital grew in 1917, when a new 100-bed hospital building was built on the former Hazard Estate on Goal Road. And the building opened later that year and worked in conjunction with the Portage Street Hospital, providing health services to Kalamazoo residents. The Goal Road building underwent a $1 million renovation during the 1920s, and then in 1929, the Portage Street building was closed and later sold to the Upjohn Company. So you can see the early days of the evolution of the hospital system. And it's interesting that the, the original building was sold to the Upjohn Company, uh, which is still a big presence still in the Kalamazoo area. Throughout the 1930s, with the country in the midst of the Great Depression, Borges faced serious financial struggles. Nonetheless, Borges saw many advances in healthcare during this time. These advances included Dr. Roscoe Hindrith's radium and radon therapy, and many inventions by Dr. Homer Stryker, including the famous circlelectric bed. Also, Dr. Richard Upjohn Light also began the first outstate neurosurgical and neurological outpatient services at Borges at this time. So these were significant advances, and Dr. Homer Stryker has a huge connection, having come from Athens, Michigan, and he's buried out in Athens. And the Stryker legacy is uh, still enduring in Kalamazoo in the Portage area with the Stryker Corporation today. And we have his picture on the wall of the Battle Creek Regional History Museum because he came from uh, the Athens area. So Homer Stryker was quite an individual in that uh, 
healthcare industry, creating a lot of inventions, particularly with beds that are still in use today in local hospitals. But Borges continued to grow and expand, and in 1953, the Borges Service League was created. The league's main objective was to encourage young women to enter the nursing profession. They did this by encouraging girls to participate in the Candy Stripers program, where high school-aged girls assisted nurses by organizing patient rooms and passing out food trays. The first intern and residency training program came to the hospital in 1954. The program was so popular that Borges later built a dormitory on the hospital grounds to house the doctors that traveled to Kalamazoo to participate in the program. The 1950s also saw the first major expansion for the hospital since the million-dollar renovation had taken place in the mid-1920s. In 1954, the hospital conducted a $1.5 million fund drive for improvements to existing facilities and the construction of a new wing. The new wing added a short-term psychiatric ward and new laboratory and pharmaceutical facilities. The addition also increased the number of hospital beds from 260 to 333, with an increase that was much needed because the hospital had been operating at its maximum capacity for quite some time. The addition and renovation was completed and opened in 1957. The 1954 edition began a long line of expansions and renovations for the hospital. In 1964, $4 million had been raised through a joint hospital fund drive. The money was to be split evenly between Borges and Kalamazoo's other hospital, Bronson Methodist Hospital. With extra funding received from the federal government in 1966, Borges began making plans for an expansion. The new expansion planned to add 85 beds to the hospital, bringing the total number up to 425 beds. The plans also included adding a new intensive care unit, remodeling the emergency ward, and adding a new medical library, outpatient psychiatric therapy, occupational therapy, and laboratory space. Though the project was stalled briefly in 1968, when the state fire marshal did not approve the plan because the emergency exits were not adequately marked on the blueprints, building began on the project in 1969. In July of 1971, Borges received a $180,000 grant from the Kalamazoo Foundation for the construction and equipping of an intensive care unit for cardiac surgery patients. The unit was part of the planned open-heart surgery program and was completed in December 1971. The area's first open-heart surgery was performed at Borges on the 11th of January 1972. Along with establishing an open-heart surgery program, Borges established a kidney transplant program in 1971. Their first kidney transplant was performed on the 3rd of November 1971. Now, Borges Hospital became Borges Medical Center in 1979, and then in 1980, the hospital opened the Cardiac Rehabilitation Institute, which uses medically monitored exercise programs to treat and prevent heart attacks. In 1986, Borges launched a $43 million construction and renovation project, and this project renovated three major wings and demolished the east-north wing, which had been built in 1917. 
project also added two floors to the North Tower, new critical care units, and expanded the surgery center. While construction continued on the renovation, a new building was being planned. In the summer of 1989, ground was broken on the Lawrence Education Center, a building that housed a 400-seat auditorium, several classrooms, and a video studio. Along with multiple construction projects, the 1980s saw several new programs which surfaced at Borges. The Child Car Seat Safety Program, Poison Control, and the Borges Run for the Health of It program were all added at this time. The hospital also assisted in developing the county's first EMS system. Borges launched its most expensive construction renovation project yet in 2001. It was the first major construction since 1986. The plan called for a $77 million three-phase project, which included tearing down the Stryker building to make room for a new parking ramp. Other plans included creating a new entrance off the ramp, consolidating all outpatient and inpatient services into two specific areas, and building a new gift shop and pharmacy. Minor renovations also were done on the first floor of the North Tower. The entire construction project was completed in the summer of 2006. So it's amazing to see the whole history and evolution of the Borges hospital system. And Borges' commitment to becoming a better hospital for Kalamazoo is shown over the years in its many construction projects. And its character is shown in its dedication to providing the area with the best health care possible. From its cardiac care center to the programs that it provides for community education, Borges has provided Kalamazoo with top quality health care and education for more than 100 years in the city of Kalamazoo. Now, this article was written in 2009 and was updated in June of 2010. In 2018, there was an article in Michigan Live that went into the new developments of a $35 million expansion at Borges Hospital to include 12 new operating rooms. And this project was to be done over the next two years. The expansion would primarily involve adding a second floor to the Stryker Center and the hospital's outpatient treatment area. A Dr. Robert Hill, who was the chief medical officer at Borges at the time, said that the surgical cases that had been increasing in the cardiovascular services, orthopedic procedures, and vascular work, and other surgeries, and this expansion was going to provide a place for physicians that will make it a greater convenience and privacy for the comfort of patients with the new development. The Stryker Center originally opened in the summer of 2005 with 133,000 square feet of space for laboratory and diagnostic testing to perform the outpatient services and procedures. And it was designed in such a way that it could be expanded vertically, according to the hospital. And the second floor addition added 32,000 square feet to the hospital, including 10 large operating rooms to provide space for current and future technologies. And they also pointed out that space inside the Borges Birthing Center, which was in the hospital's North Tower, was to be renovated and retrofitted to include two new operating rooms for birthing as well. And the project was expected to be completed in the spring or summer of 2020. And this was at the time the article was written. 
And of course, there was probably some delays because of all the COVID stuff that went on, but I believe that whole project is now complete because we are in 2023. But that's the history that I was able to put together of the story behind Borges Hospital. And uh, many thanks to the Kalamazoo Library staff and their volunteers for making a lot of this history available online so that I can bring you some of these stories. Um, Great group of people over there that are dedicated to preserving history. And that's going to conclude today's episode. If you enjoyed today's topic on Borges Hospital, please be sure to leave a rating or review on whatever app that you are listening on. And be sure to share the podcast with others so more people can join into the audience of hearing this wonderful podcast. Uh, This is my second season of Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. And... We're coming to the close of the season here very soon, and we'll be starting season three in 2024. And uh, it's been a wonderful year. It's been a challenging year to keep up with the podcast, uh, three episodes a week. Uh, I have to probably announce a little bit early on this, but I'll probably be changing that schedule going into 2024 because I've got my new book coming out, and I've got a lot of other commitments happening in 2024 with the museum that I'm involved in. And it's just going to be a challenging to keep up with a three episode a week schedule. I'm still working out whether I'm going to go to one episode a week or two. I still haven't determined how I'm going to put this all together yet. So I'll be making an announcement more in that direction as we get uh, closer to the new year. And if you'd like to reach out to me and offer your suggestions or just comment or ask me about anything, you can uh, email me through a contact form at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And please mark your calendar for December 16th. That is a Saturday, and I will be performing in Tales of Christmas Past, which is uh, a program at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum which is located at 307 West Jackson Street in Battle Creek, Michigan. And the tickets are available online. I have been putting the links in the show note descriptions. You can go on over to Humanitix and search for the program there if you want to go to that website or go to the Battle Creek Regional History Museum's website at bcrhm.org and you'll find all the information and links there where you can buy online tickets. The tickets are also available at the museum. Um, They were closed Thanksgiving weekend, but they will be open on every weekend up until the show. And that is on Saturday and Sundays. Uh, They're open on Saturdays from 10 to 4 and Sundays from noon to 4. You can also go by the Arts Center of Battle Creek, which is located off of Emmett Street. They are open, I believe, Tuesday through Friday and also on Saturday during the week. So you can go on in there and get tickets. They have them available there. Uh, But, of course, the easiest way is probably online, and I'll put the link in the show note descriptions. I really look forward to seeing you all there, hoping to have two sold-out shows. We're already about halfway sold out as I record this episode on the matinee showing and about a quarter sold out on the evening show. And that'll probably change as we get closer to the date, as we've been getting a lot of people that uh, will be coming back and putting their holiday calendar together, and they're going to want to come back and see this show. Like I said, it was sold out last year, and the feedback I got that everybody wanted to put it on their calendar for next year. So be sure to get your tickets. I'd love to have you guys there. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday, and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening.